0: hey janet hey kent
1: my optrician just told me that i'm colorblind what really yeah it completely came out of the green <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good one <laughs> welcome to manny versus mommy that's kent neil hexam
1: that's janet lee barton
0: what are you brought to us by today let's hear it
1: this week you know what? I need to write these down because I completely just forgot what I was brought to us by. You do, do, do that almost every time. I know, because I'm like, oh, this is great. And then I don't write it down and then I forget.
0: Goodbye. It's like a bird.
1: <laughs> Why on. don't you go first? Okay,
0: so this week I am brought to you by the Vagina Monologues. Ooh. Yeah, a couple of, the, a couple of my girls and I are performing with my sister Jalen coming up on the 29th and the 1st. So if you guys want tickets, uh, there should still be a handful available. It's actually a pretty small venue. Uh, But we will have booze there for those of you interested, beer and wine available for donation because we're in Utah. You can't buy it. We can't sell it, but you're welcome to donate for it. So yeah, seven seven o'clock on the 29th and then two o'clock in the afternoon on the 1st. So go get tickets. It's going to be a really good show. I'm excited.
1: Okay. I'm ready for what my brought to you by is. Go. I wrote it down even while you were talking just to make sure. (laughs) I am brought to you by Crocs. Ooh. I absolutely adore Crocs. You're they're back the most in your comfortable. Crocs. Yep. So, they're not, you know, ideal for winter and snow, but they are the most comfortable things and they're the only things when I have foot pain that I can really comfortably wear. Yeah. I think it's cuz it will bend and, you know, as my foot bends and it's more natural feeling than as a shoe will keep your foot in the same yeah. position every step. Makes sense. So, I'm loving it. I love walking around in my Crocs with my socks on and people just staring and "What are those?" <laughs> I don't care.
0: I was just reading on Facebook something that Faith, our friend Faith, had posted um, about the older you get, the less you care about how stupid you look. (laughs) (laughs) Make friends with people who are nice to me regardless of what they do or where they're from. Good energy is hard to find these days. And when I want to laugh or cry or love, I do it because if you can't be true to your feelings, you might as well be living someone else's life. So wear your Crocs with pride. Don't care what people think. Make real connections.
1: Maybe I should join a... Croc support The group. Croc
0: support group. That's what I was just thinking. I was <laughs> like, there's probably a Croc group even locally on Facebook. You should find it. I should. Reach you out to your croc community. <laughs> and if there's not one, you could start it. My people. Your Croc people.
1: Okay, so today's episode is going to be a little difficult. It's not something I really want to do, but I think it's something that we should do. So I'm going to put my phone away so I don't distract myself. Good call. I want to have an adult Jana and Kent conversation.
0: No, I'm not. I'm out. Stop recording. <laughs> Where's our Snapchat filter? <laughs> if we're going to have a serious conversation, we got to get our Snapchat filter on.
1: I did see that you stole my Mrs. Doubtfire look and took some pictures of yourself. I did because so I shared funny. them
0: with you. You're welcome. <laughs> that was a great filter.
1: Okay, so no more distractions. We've kind of had this talk before around your kitchen table. I don't know if this is a talk I really want to have, you know, potentially public. But I think it's something I need to do. And the talk is just like I'm done. I don't know how to keep going in life. In anything. I'm done.
0: Help me understand. Can you say it a different way?
1: I don't think I have the strength to keep going.
0: Meaning... You are
1: starting to formulate a plan because we've talked about that. No, not necessarily. Um, I haven't allowed myself to get to that dark spot, that dark space. It's more apathy. I just, yeah, like I. It's been over a month since I've been able to walk without pain, or even just sit without pain. And I don't know how people with chronic pain can do this. Like this has been the worst experience of my life. But just other areas, I'm still really bitter about things that have happened in the past. And I don't know how to move past it. And I was hoping, you know, these self-care things I was doing, I am doing, will help me heal and move and life will be good. But it's just more painful, more difficult.
0: Are you in therapy? Yeah. Other than this? (laughs) (laughs) Other than the podcast,
1: yes. Yes, I am.
0: And that doesn't seem to be helping either.
1: I mean, it does to a degree. But I just, maybe it's just like a midlife crisis of nothing is how I expect. Well, too soon. Too soon.
0: Maybe you're an early bloomer. <laughs> an early bloomer with you're your midlife crisis. You're telling me this crisis. isn't
1: the halfway point? <laughs>
0: <sighs> well, it might be, based on your genetic history. That's true. And that's
1: scary. <laughs> yeah. I just, I have no motivation for anything in life. And I'm just kind of done. I'm like, Do you want to
0: move through it?
1: That's an interesting question.
0: I mean, I, I think on some level, and, and the reason I ask is because I've been there so many times. When I get to a place like that, whether it is dark or, or just apathetic or feeling like I'm done in one way or another, or feeling like I'm a horrible person or whatever negative focus I have, oftentimes I don't want to feel better. I don't feel like I deserve to feel better. And so I even if I'm taking the steps I need to to feel better, I don't receive it, if that makes sense. So you might be going through the motions but not actually internalizing it or um, accepting it as part of moving forward, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that does make sense.
0: So I think the first step is to really look into if you want to feel better. If you want to get to a space where you're not living in this reality anymore, because if you're not, you're not. And you can accept whatever lessons you still need to learn from living the way that you are in order to move forward. Because I think oftentimes when we feel stuck, it's a subconscious thing. And how to deal with it subconsciously is tough. How to address that part of ourselves that isn't really a conscious choice. I mean, you're making the conscious decisions to work through it, but if you're not in a in a state of
1: belief where that's going to help, it won't. So I understand what you're saying. And I, I think to a degree that has some truth for me. But I think I I'm really angry lately. Like super... Just a ball of rage, I feel like, at all times. Like irritable or angry? I don't think it's irritable. Maybe I am just irritable as a person. I know my bowels are. I think it's just... Just anger. I'm I'm upset. I'm mad. At life? At your
0: experiences? At what? The world? Do you feel embittered? Do you feel... No,
1: I mean, there's definite specific people. And not to make this a call-out episode, but i think but at me yeah but Janet, there's some stuff need to... this is this your is actual intervention intervention it's happening <laughs> i made you feel like you're in a safe space so now we can
0: you can send the text to the people that are hanging out upstairs to come down is there a film crew yes sweet i actually put some decent clothes on today <laughs> not in pajamas
1: Oh, that was a direct <laughs> call out I in my nor- pajamas. No,
0: I normally wear pajamas. <laughs> I just have rehearsal after this. And so I felt like maybe I should put some jeans on. <laughs> I'm fancy.
1: So I think a lot of it is just my like, codependency issues. And I mean, we've kind of joked around about it, but I really did actually like divorce my sister.
0: And hey. I feel like you guys have more of an amicable relationship now, but you legit refuse to help her. Mm-hmm when she needs help babysitting or whatever with her kids, you're like, forget it. You told me to move out. You you know, had a situation yeah. come up in your family where it was best for me to move out and you made that choice. Uh, Which, yeah. is that a healthy boundary or are you doing it out of spite and anger? Because the behavior can be the same and the motivation is completely different and if that intention is off, that's not going to feel very good to you versus if it's, this is a healthy boundary for me. I have not moved forward from those feelings and it's safer for me to not give into that codependency of pleasing you and fixing the relationship that way. That that's why that boundary is there. It's all well, about intention.
1: Yeah. And I think I'm still at the point where like, I don't even want a relationship. Why but is that? Because I'm still so hurt by how it all happened. Cause for years, and it's
0: been a year and a half, right?
1: Mm-hmm, a year and a half for years. I tried to move out and go, and was making up plan you know, setting up plans to have it happen and she would cry and beg me to say, please, please and then all of a sudden, while I'm trying to get my life on track, you have to move out. There's the boot. You've and got like a month. immediately. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. A month, thirty days. Go figure out your own life. Goodbye. It's like, but
0: I've been here for you all along. Which that again comes back to that intention because I find as a as someone who struggles with codependency, I become resentful if I'm serving someone else beyond my own boundaries. Because I think what would have been healthy for you is to say, I know you're crying to me and I know you don't want me to move out. I have to do what's best for me. Because it is what was best for you at the time. And you sacrificed yourself and crossed those boundaries. I mean, this is just how I'm seeing it. But crossing those boundaries put you in a place where you could then feel resentful because you bent over backwards and then the same wasn't reciprocated. So it depends on why you're serving and why you're helping. It's the intention behind it, I think. Because if you had had it to give and you didn't feel like you were breaking your back to please her or to help her, then you probably wouldn't have that resentment because you did it for a different reason. Not expecting anything in return. But I'm not discounting the awful choices that were made in the way it went down. I'm not discounting your experience of that at all. But I'm just saying, like, going forward, approaching things in a different way and having those boundaries in place, which you've worked really hard on over the last year and a half. Your boundaries are really different than they were with friends, with family. There's just been certain things that you're like, I'm not okay with that. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And I think you've come a long way with that respect.
1: I think maybe just because I've been so emotionally exhausted for so long and now that I'm physically exhausted, I just, how... I'll Isn't there going. a
0: connection there? Really? I mean, probably the emotional <laughs> went on for so long that now it's showing up physically like, hey, if you're going to keep ignoring me, I'm going to make you stop. Karen Kilgariff actually talks about that on her podcast, My Favorite Murder, which is one of the ways we got super connected to each other's through our love of true crime. Um, but she talks about that. She says if she ignores her needs long enough, she'll like sprain an ankle or something and end up on the couch for a long period of time and like slow down, slow down and address it. And that might be why it's showing up physically now. Can't ignore it forever.
1: I think I have a greater compassion now for people who use drugs, people who use addictions to numb pain, because all I've been able to think about for the last little bit is, how can I get some pain pills? Cause I don't want to feel pain anymore. I don't want to feel physical pain, physical
0: or emotional.
1: <laughs> I, well, I think because felt when you numb pain, out, I'm okay.
0: Yeah. But when you numb out like that, it's not just an escape from the physical pain. It's an escape from the emotional as well. Right. Because degree, it, puts, yeah. it puts you in a different state of mind, even if primarily what it does is take the pain away. Because we all know if you take painkillers, when you don't have physical pain, it's completely an emotional checkout. Yeah. Right. Mentally, emotionally, you're gone. Uh, stoned high. Like, that's the point. That's why people get addicted to them, because not only do they not have to deal with the physical pain, it becomes a crutch for not facing emotional and mental pain as well.
1: Well, and I think the way I face my emotional pain is by distracting myself from being so busy that I don't have to think about it. And Which I, you haven't a, been able to do. When I physically can't move and I'm stuck in bed, then I'm stuck in my own brain and I
0: And you have to work have on to. that stuff, yeah. And that's why I think it's your body's way of saying, uh, you can't ignore this forever. I'm going to make you pay attention. Good luck with that.
1: <laughs> What's my motivation? That's the hard thing is I, I don't know.
0: As far as like, What you want out of life, like deeper philosophical stuff, or immediate day-to-day.
1: Deeper, long-term.
0: Purpose. I think that's tough. That's tough to find, like, what drives you, what makes you do the hard things. What's that purpose behind it? You know, we've talked about that in a lot of different ways. Like, why am I doing this? It's not fun. Why am I doing it? And refocusing on that purpose behind it and the intention and what you want to get out of it. And I know you're doing a lot of meditation and things like that and therapy. And if it's not coming up there, I don't freaking know. I mean, if you figure it out, let me know. (laughs) I'd love to be able to find my purpose aside from being a mom because it goes away. It changes over time. You know, I think that's why a lot of couples, their purpose for so long is raising a family. And then as the kids move out, they look at the other person and go, I don't even know who you are. I don't recognize you because they haven't worked on their relationship during that whole time. They've just been 100% focused on the kids. And a lot of times they end up divorcing, you know, after raising their kids. And that's just sad.
1: Oh, well, well, Debbie Downer.
0: No, but my, my point in that is like having a purpose outside of raising my kids. Yeah. You know, and, and raising my family and having grandkids ultimately, you know, that will change it, um, but still have that kind of purpose. But I have to do what I feel like I'm here to do, what the universe is pushing me to do, whether it's big or small. It doesn't matter because, I mean... Ultimately, in being open about my mental health, what's the possibility that at some point it literally saves someone's life? Something that I say or do impacts someone in a certain way, and I may never know, but it could impact that person in a way that it literally saves their life. What if it's something like that, that you don't ever know, but you feel a drive to, like, I feel a push, I feel a drive to, To be authentic and just not only discover who I am and what I like and what I want and what I want to create for me, but I feel this push to be authentic because I know it will help other people. And I may never know the consequences of that, but that possibility keeps me being vulnerable, you know? So it could be something like that because you make a difference in my kids' lives. You make a difference in my life. And I don't necessarily expect that to be enough. But to me, that's a huge part of your purpose is to connect with other people on a real level in a very personal, individual, intimate way and affect their life. And if you're not here or you're apathetic, <laughs> you can't do that. Right. Yeah.
1: I guess I just need to figure out how to let go of the anger.
0: Do you have to let go of it or can you embrace
1: it? Well, can it be okay? (laughs) It can be okay, but I think, I mean, I don't do things in moderation. I'm either all in or I'm not. So (laughs) if I'm all in, I'm all in. It just, and I think it's more than just this. I think it's, you know, anger about lots of things that have happened in my life that I haven't processed through and worked through and, Healed from, and
0: see that's something that you keep inside, for the most part, from what I see. I don't, I don't see that. I don't. I would never think of you as an angry person ever. So maybe that's part of why it's coming out physically is because you don't really express it outwardly. Can Although I... I have heard the kids mention a couple <laughs> of things about when you've yelled at them and been angry at them. <laughs> So, and and I'm the same way I don't get angry at you I get angry at Carl and the kids (laughs) (laughs) I take it out on them sorry
1: sometimes I go on rants and sometimes I get loud that's all I'm going to say about it (laughs) complete the fifth (laughs) I just I don't know I mean I feel like hopefully this is just a season in life and I think a lot of it really does have to do with physically not feeling well Sure. Like even last night when I was in bed there was no comfortable position both my ankles and both my feet just hurt all the time they're sore, they ache and I think I've just can't use that energy the physical energy to hide the emotional and to bury it down because that's being taken away by this these pains that I just don't know how to how to go I got nothing. (laughs) Well, I was hoping for something. (laughs) Right?
0: You want me to fix you? You're in therapy and the therapist can't fix you. What makes you think I can? And I feel like I've had some really good feedback so far. If I can just pat myself on the back for a second. yeah. My thought, though, with embracing it is not necessarily that it's not a good thing to have. It just doesn't need any judgment. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't anticipate that you would judge me if I was in a similar situation. And you don't judge me for my stuff. You give me a hard time for it. You call me out on it. But that's not the same as coming from a place of judgment about it. And I feel like with this, you're beating yourself up over something that's completely normal. Like, you're not alone. Everybody deals with their stuff, whatever it looks like. Everybody has their story. But not only that, dealing with anger and not being able to let go of it, I feel like that's a really common thing. And I, I mean, I think working through it is a very individual thing, but I think just the, the sooner you embrace it, the faster it's gone. Like, that's what I've always learned. I heard something about, um, our crap being like an onion. Onions have layers. (laughs) Everybody love a parfait. Uh, but peeling away those layers and it's still there. You know, um, CJ said to me not too long ago, I just I felt like I had worked through that. Well you did. And now here it is again, so you can learn from it in a different way. Get a new lesson, see it in a different light, and peel away another layer of that. And so you know how onions grow? In the ground? Yeah, in in crap. <laughs> like literally. Ugh. They basically grow in it. And is that so why they're so strong
1: to kill off all yeah, of
0: the crap. <laughs> right. Um But they they literally grow in it. And so as you're looking at an onion, if you're up at the top and you're like, woohoo, I worked through all my stuff, I'm so happy. And you go around the circle, there it goes, back into the crap. And the longer you resist it, the longer you're going through it. The sooner you let go and just let it be, the sooner I feel like you get the lessons and work through it and you're back up on top again going, woohoo, I worked through my crap. And then you circle back and it's a new issue or it's a different layer of the same issue. But I feel like the the amount of time you spend in your crap is directly proportional to the amount of energy you put
1: into resisting it. That's deep. I don't want to think that deep.
0: <laughs> you invited gonna the topic. Come, I'm going
1: to come back to that later. But I, I do want you to know that you just disheartened me telling me that it does not get better. <laughs> <It does laughs> There's no life at the end of the tunnel.
0: No. Nope. But that self actualization that we all work towards is, you know, as we get older, we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? That's ultimately when you work through all the other stuff and it's all in place, it gives you that opportunity for self actualization and 100% loving who you are. And part of that is letting go of those Fs you have to give, <laughs> uh, you know, over time and, and keeping them for the things that really matter and realizing it's about me and the impact I have on other people. And it's not about all this stuff, my perception of other people's perception of me, right? It's about painting the reality that you want to create for yourself and in so doing reaching that self-actualization. I think that's everyone's goal. That's why you have so many old people that just don't care. (laughs) They only have so much energy to care about the things that really matter to them. And sometimes that's maintaining health. And so they might be really um, unpleasant people to be around. Otherwise we've all met people like that. And I'm like, Oh, please don't let me be like that when I get old. I want to be the happy, crazy, not the angry crazy you know what i mean yeah um but i i think that's why people can get to that point because like you've said you can't put energy into the emotional and mental stuff because you're dealing 100 with the physical stuff and so i think from a place of pain and fear that it's going to last forever um it's really tough to put energy towards the anger stuff but i I think we've talked a lot about how there's underlying issues that if you can address those, the physical stuff may resolve. Yeah. By putting the energy into something that you feel like you don't have the energy for.
1: I think part of the issue is when I try and focus on the positive, like, yeah, I was told, you have 30 days and you have to be out of the house. And I made one phone call and had a place to live. and
0: Which is amazing. Yeah.
1: So then I think, oh, I do have these amazing things, these blessings. This great thing happened. Why am I not happy? So then I feel guilt, like, (laughs) do I not appreciate this? Is that part of the problem? And it's just a lot. One of the things that
0: I think helps is gratitude. The science is coming out behind it. You touched on it a little bit with, you know, why am I not grateful for this? It literally rewires your brain. It gets those connections going again between the synapses and I mean, don't get me started on the mycelium of mushrooms again. <laughs> and one day I want to do a full episode on that still. Um, but that that connectivity happens when, when you have gratitude. I tell my kids all the time, this is another one of those things that they repeat back to me, is that gratitude is an energy-shifting emotion. It just reframes everything. And I'll ask the kids sometimes, are you ready to reframe it? <laughs> right? You've had this experience and this is the way you're seeing it now. Why, what about seeing it this way? Like you said, that experience can be viewed from the, yeah, they gave me 30 days to move out and pull the rug out from under me when I was there for them for so long. And you could switch it. Like you said, to that view of Holy crap, how amazing that I make one phone call and it's taken care of immediately. I don't have to stress about where I'm going I don't have to stress about what it looks like and, you know, putting that reframe in place. But sometimes you're not ready for it. Like I said, are you ready to work through it? If you're not, it doesn't matter.
1: I'm exhausted. (laughs) I'm so exhausted physically, mentally, emotionally. Do you have any suggestions for recharging myself?
0: Well, yours are always different than mine because you're an introvert. So as an extrovert, I know what I would suggest. Well,
1: I'm part extrovert. I'm not that introverted. That's true. That's pretty close.
0: I think creating opportunities for you to connect with other people one-on-one is key. There's a lot of friends. um, You and I connect one-on-one, you know, when we plan time to go out. And I think that kind of stuff really refuels you because you're there for someone else who appreciates it. Having in-depth conversation about things. And you get to look outside yourself. You know, I think if you can approach those things with an opportunity to serve without something that's physically damaging um, to your health, you know, then you've got the opportunity to get your bucket filled by spending time with other people and feeling that extrovert need, but also having the opportunity to fill your bucket in a way that fulfills you. Because you love connecting with people one-on-one, you know, Mm -hmm. and understanding their struggles and what they're going through. And most times when I talk to somebody else like that and my intention is to support them with whatever they're dealing with, I really don't worry so much about my own stuff anymore. So maybe creating something like that, at least on a weekly basis.
1: I see the benefit in that. My worry is that I will not use moderation and just use it as, as an excuse to escape Okay, myself. so you can
0: only do it once a week. Yes. Yeah, so or you whatever. You to find
1: those boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. Last month, exactly a month ago today, I was talking with your son, Anthony, about, I can't even remember what it was, some issue, some struggle he was going through. And I asked him, what three words would you use to describe me? And... He told me, and this was in person, and then the next day I was like, oh, I need to write that down, and I'd forgotten what he had said. So I asked him, and we could only remember two of them. Hmm. And the first one he said was settled. And the second one was confident. And I'm like, I feel like the biggest fraud, because I'm neither settled nor confident (laughs) in life. But I think that's interesting that other people see strengths in you that you might not realize. For sure. So I think that's...
0: And, and I think that goes back to that individual connection, because you guys had that individual connection giving you an opportunity to hear something like that. And so I think if you create that scenario for yourself on a regular basis, albeit limited,
1: you know. So I remember it was we're talking about self-talk, how we talk to ourselves. So I was trying to get positive attributes that he sees in me. And I think that's a good balance. Maybe we get so much self-talk or so much in our own heads that it's nice to have an outside perspective of, well, this is how I view things going.
0: Yeah. Here's all the great things about you that you might not be able to see because
1: of the space that you're in right now. So really the past 29 minutes was a lead up for you to just compliment me for the rest of the podcast episode.
0: (laughs) You're tall.
1: I like that you're tall. You can reach things.
0: Oh, my coworker said something the other day about the picture I updated my... A cover photo and it was to our family photo that has Titus in it and has you in it you're right in the middle I'll post this picture Which on, actually I love. I on love our social media <laughs> I know it's so great um, but it has Carl on one end and me on the other and then you're right in the middle and he's talking to his wife and he's like no I think that might be the manny but I'll have to double check because he's just across from me so we talked quite a bit And he was laughing about it he's like who's that big tall guy in your picture that's what I thought so I like that you're tall and you can reach the things on the top shelf. <laughs> one time, just as a sidebar, one time you were telling me where something was in, in the closet where you had put it um, so that I would know, you know where to find it. And you said it's on the top shelf. <laughs> that is not the top shelf to me. <laughs> that is like the get the ladder out or throw stuff up there. Never use it. That's like, I don't ever need that. It's on because, the top. <laughs> right? No, that's not the top to me. The top shelf is the one that I can reach. Then you just walk in and go, you ain't
1: right from the very, like, to the ceiling top shelf. One of my favorite things to do if I'm in a grocery store and I see someone, like, reaching for something, I'll walk up and I'll grab it and then I'll put it on a shelf higher. I'll just grab it and then start walking away. <laughs> it's kind of like the Grinch from that cartoon, that movie, the preview where you like take the stuff from people. Yeah, It's so funny to see their reactions. Do you always go like, back oh, and help you. them or oh. no? Oh, I always give it back to them because <laughs> I don't want it. That's hilarious. But it's kind of a fun... Uh, I guess I just need to focus more on the positive. More connections. Get out of my own head a little bit.
0: I think that's it. I think that's going to be part of the key is getting out of your own stuff so that when you do go to it, you can work on it. Because you feel... Like you've helped someone else and I don't know. I think that'll be a big thing for you because that's a way you can serve. I think any any way that you can get into a place of service puts you in a space of gratitude, which completely alters your view
1: on everything. Yeah. See, problem solved. Thanks Voila! a lot, therapist. It, who I'm not going to publicly call out that didn't give me this answer.
0: <laughs> she won't give you answers. That's I know. Why. And that's what I love. <laughs> Figure it out yourself good luck
1: let me know what you (laughs) let me know what you find she knows what works for me it just doesn't work as quickly as i would like it to yeah one thing that do you ever have a friend say something that just rings so true to you like you're like yes like that's that's it
0: Uh, you ever had that experience i'm I'm always right so they just confirm what (laughs) i already know every
1: time that i open my mouth to talk (laughs) That's the experience I'm talking about.
0: Pretty much. No, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Just something that someone points out and you're like, I had not thought of it that way, but you were exactly right.
1: So my friend, uh, Connie Boucher, who I absolutely adore. Bobby. That's all she... I can think every
0: time you say her last yeah. name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she was telling me about an experience a couple of years ago. She had a perforated, perforated? Perforated. Perforated bowel. Yeah. Which... How does that even happen? Um, I don't want to share her story. Yeah, it was okay. No, it was not through surgery. Not okay. And that's her, you know, story. I don't want to get too much into her medical stuff. But one thing she told me was, I am so grateful that I took vitamins every day for all these years. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, what? How is this the connection between? She said, because I knew that it it's like a bank when you deposit good things into your bank whether it's vitamins for her physically or good thoughts or different things when the tough time comes when you need to make a withdrawal you're not scrambling trying to get a loan trying to figure it out you can just go to the bank take it and you're good so she swears by the vitamins that she took helping her through that because she was septic and every doctor was like you should be dead why are you using those oils? <laughs> you're making the room stink, but you should be dead. You should be dead. And she was told that so many times. She was like, I was afraid I was going to start believing it right? because these medical professionals are telling me that, but I knew that I had prepared for this and I would be okay.
0: And you know what I've heard it, from an interesting perspective when people talk to doctors who say you should be dead or you're going to die, or this is how much time you have. A lot of the response from people who have fought their way through cancer and things like that say, I refuse to accept that outcome. Mm -hmm. I refuse to accept your diagnosis of my time that I have left or whatever. They physically and emotionally and verbally express that. I refuse to accept that as my reality.
1: And when my dad had his last major heart issue, um, his first response was, okay, I'm done. Like, that's fine. Goodbye. Don't, I am a DNR. Like, we're fine. We're good. And for the rest of us, we're like, no, fight, fight. Like, you have always been a fighter your entire life. Why are you not fighting for yourself? Fight. <laughs> because he's done. <laughs> yeah, because he's tired and he's done. And, you know, that was a year ago. He wasn't yeah. expected to make it through. Through Christmas, I know Christmas we talked about. For sure was not expected. For sure, yeah. And now the next goal is 4th uh, of July. Yeah. And that's, the doctor's like, yeah, this seems like a very reasonable goal. There's no reason why you shouldn't. And so it's just amazing to me to. I know I'm a fighter and I know I'll keep going. I just haven't figured it out yet. I haven't found that inner strength. I haven't, I'm waiting for that next push to go.
0: That's what I think. That's what I see is that you're just okay with being at this part of your journey. And that's okay. And that's what I mean about not resisting it and accepting that darkness and being okay working through your stuff. And this is what it looks like right now. It's like, it's like grieving. You know, there's no set way to do it. There's no set way to do your journey, and part of it right now might look like living in this space and and being okay with it.
1: Can I say something super embarrassing? Please do. I had to use a scooter at the store the other day because I could not make it to the store. <laughs> I didn't have any of your kids to walk through the store for me. Like the motorized, the car. motorized little cart, and yeah. it was so embarrassing, so humbling.
0: Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Gives you a different perspective on people that do deal with chronic pain or disability and the space that they have to be in. Because I think we all know people who are on disability and can't work and are just miserable people. (laughs) They're angry at the world. They play the victim card. I've talked to so many people on the phones like that. As long as I've been in phone sales and talking especially to older people, I talk to people sometimes who are 55 that sound like they're 85. And I talk to people in their nineties who sound like they're 60 and it's all about, from my perspective, the majority of the time I talk to somebody who's quite a bit older, that sounds not their age at all. And you can tell they're really active. They're farmers. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? They worked their entire lives and were so humble and grateful. And, you know, a lot of them have had really successful farming experiences and farmers a lot of the times can do really well financially and so they're grateful for that but they put in the hard work to have it and you know are constantly serving essentially and so i think that makes a huge difference but i talk to plenty of people on the flip side too who are just angry at the world and stay stuck in that space and and won't accept what their experience is you know and in in not dealing with it and not working through their stuff and staying angry they stay sick you know, And there's everything in between, but this idea that if you can maintain that positive attitude and filling the bucket with the good things, it can't do anything but positive for your overall situation. You can't push on one side of the balloon without affecting the whole
1: thing, right? Yeah. So one of the things my mom used to tell us all the time as kids, that's like the, just wait till you have your, <laughs> your, uh, prefrontal, prefrontal, your prefrontal cortex. cortex. My mom used to always say, you have to choose to be happy. Yeah. And I, I
0: mean, you get to choose to be happy. Right? I you mean, get the to, language matters. Yeah, even you the get to, Yeah, even that language. You have to choose to be happy. No, I don't. Screw you. I can choose to be miserable. Right? Yeah. But if you say, you get to choose happiness. You get to choose to be happy. That's an amazing gift. Well, and I don't think she meant it like you have to. No, no. I think it but was... But those words matter. Yeah,
1: like it's not just going to happen. You have to do it. You're the one who has to choose to do it. So I think one thing that's really been hard is my self-care hasn't been great because I can't do anything and I haven't really laid up in store, you know, made all those deposits of self-care. And so I think I'm just really struggling with this moment. This is my circumstances and I don't want these circumstances. I refuse to be slowed down. So I'm going to keep walking and make it worse.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, though, I mean, I'm hearing you say that you haven't done the self-care and that you can't now. And I disagree. There's ways that you can find it, right? It's where you, where focus goes, energy flows. And so you'll have the energy to put towards, for example, going to lunch with someone or setting up some time to do something that's not, that you can do physically. I mean, you can still meditate, right? Like there's still a lot of things you can do. You have baths. Things that help soothe what you're dealing with physically, but also filling that bucket. And I think I think I, what I'm hearing you say is that you're ready to take steps like that.
1: Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's difficult because I do still meditate, but I'm very aware of the pain and I haven't learned how to, t- how to tune out the pain. So my meditation isn't as fulfilling as it used to be because it's interesting. that is there. And I've always been really bad with pain, I, even a little bit I can't handle. But it's just, it's not the same level of self-care. The same, I'm not getting the same out of it. And I haven't found something to replace it or to help bolster it up.
0: Yeah. Take luck. look. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you.
1: Oh, being an adult's not fun. Yeah, and it
0: doesn't get easier. It just gets different.
1: Hmm. Can we talk about one more side thing? Yes. That's really been bugging Let's me lately. Right Let's do
0: now? it. Do I have a booger in my nose? No. (laughs) Oh, all right. (laughs) I'm just staring at you because it's funny.
1: (laughs) Remember the other night when we were talking and I said, what if I have Munchausen's by proxy and I'm my own proxy? Yes. That's really kind of like dark place freaked me out.
0: Subconscious proxy. Yeah. Well, no, it's the subconscious that has Munchausen and you are the proxy.
1: Yes. And that idea terrifies me and I can't wait to go to therapy to talk about it (laughs) because it is keeping me up at night. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that I think all of us do to some extent, right? Like, however that ends up showing up, our subconscious drives everything. We know that. And so how do we get to those deep-seated beliefs that come from experiences we might not even remember, but it had an impact on us before age five or six? Yeah. You know, that. that's when that is built. And the sub, some of the subconscious stuff is just... Genetic, you know, you think back to like caveman days, I always come back to that simple perspective to try and understand why I do what I do or why other people do what they do. And sometimes it's just a human experience, you know, like physically, for example, in childbirth, the reason it takes some period of time and the right environment emotionally and physically for a woman to give birth for my perspective, is that as a cave person, if I'm out gathering wood or berries or something to take care of my family, I need some warning that I got to get back to my cave where I can give birth safely. Because if I am bleeding out in the wild, what are the chances that someone comes and finds me and my offspring and we're both dead or I lose the offspring? Right? Right. It took me a long time to grow that thing in the first place. But that's why the emotional state of a woman in labor is so important. You know, as a birth worker, I saw that over and over again. The energy in the room is key. If her mother-in-law's there and she doesn't want her there, good luck. That's rough. And as a midwife team, we often kicked people out of the room so that she could have that baby. We created a space where she and her partner can have time alone with the lights off, Lying down, talking to each other, connecting, you know, sometimes laboring in the shower or whatever. They just need some time alone to help her get to that relaxed, calm state. Because that energy has a huge influence on everything. I don't remember how I started talking about this. Oh, our subconscious. Yeah, subconscious. Yeah, so it really controls a lot of things without our knowing. And so is it possible that your subconscious is sabotaging you? Uh, are you human? (laughs) I mean, it shows up differently for all of us. We all have our own journey. But I think that's very common that our subconscious and our beliefs and our experiences that shaped us and triggers that come up are so individual, but it's all very similar in that we have to deal with that aspect of ourselves and get to the subconscious. And you can tell the people that don't. You know, as you interact with people in the world, you can identify pretty quickly the people who don't have any interest in doing that work. They're just okay being where they're at and they don't want to progress. And even if they're jerks, even if their health behavior is unhealthy, they're just okay with the status quo. And I think it's admirable that you're not, that you want to work through that stuff
1: so hard and it's taking too long <laughs> Reparenting myself is hard
0: uh, I don't think it ever is done dude that's <sighs> the that's the sh- shitty thing to say is that you're never done but you do peel away layers of that onion to where you know you might not engage with it as much you know you, you work through it to a point where you learn your lessons and get what you need from the experiences and then you might be out of it for a long time you know and, and really just floating through life pretty easily and the more you resist it the longer it takes right the more you're going to fight upstream the less comfortable that float down the river is but I'm yeah listen to that analogy that's great having just floated the provo river for the first time last year (laughs) we'll have to see if we can get a babysitter this year i don't want to take a baby on the river (laughs) not happening but i think the the sooner you are able to let go and just go with the flow of everything and where your journey is taking you while still making conscious choices to move forward and go towards your goals and things like that. And life's so much
1: simpler when I quit trying to control everything. Every time you say let like, go, it, it get like an anxiety spike. I wonder what's go. into that. Let go. Let it go. Have to look into that and figure out why that. So what do you mean by letting go? of control. You're trying to fix
0: yourself, you're trying to control at least from my perspective the outcome. You're t- you're saying things like it's taking too long. That screams control to me. <laughs> versus... It's taking way too long. Okay, so you're floating down the Provo River and you're fighting upstream and wondering why it's taking so long to get to the end. Right? Well, quit fighting upstream and just go to the end. It'll take
1: you. Maybe I'm a salmon, though, and I have to.
0: Ask me how many dead salmon I saw (laughs) right at at the waterfall in Alaska. They literally fought to death. When if they would have let go, they could have gotten taken to somewhere else where they could have gone upstream because it was just too steep of a waterfall. I mean, I don't think we saw one make it up in the 30 minutes we stood there and watched, you know, hanging out at that stream. But there were plenty of dead salmon lying everywhere, having fought too hard and not having any more to give. Hmm. Let go, float down the river. The reason that comes to mind for me is not just going with the flow. And that's what I mean by let go, because it might just be you're terrified of what's ahead or how long it's going to take because i didn't know how long it would take i had an idea but i didn't know how long my specific journey was going to be down the river i was i'm floating in my tube and every time carl being so chivalrous would try and keep me out of the trees and branches that stick out on the side mm-hmm. if the current started to take me there without fail every time he tried to prevent it from happening it happened (laughs) every time and he fell off his tube so many times trying to save my girlfriend and me from going into the branches and I was just okay with it I just got to a point where I was like don't you're making it worse trying to control it and so there's this idea that you're hanging on afraid of what's ahead so you're hanging on to a branch on the edge thinking why is this still happening why is this still going on well You got to release and let go and not be afraid of what's coming or how long that journey is going to be. But also, you can't keep fighting against it, thinking that that's going to make it any better either. Accepting what you can change and focusing on that versus trying to control the things you can't change. It's a serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. And wisdom to know the difference. Life's so much happier when I focus on the things I can control. Which to me is three things. I tell my kids this all the time. I ask them. They know. What are three things you control? There's only three. What I think. What I feel. And what I do. That's it. That's the only thing I have control over. So you don't have control over the situation of what's going on with your health. The only thing you have control over is how you respond to it. And what you do with it. Instead of being pissed about it and trying to control it, you can just let it be. That's a tough thing, though. Like you said, embracing that even during meditation. Embracing that that is part of the experience and not fighting it. Hmm. Take luck. <laughs> like I said. And and that's a human struggle. That's a human struggle. I think some of us struggle with it more, especially with our codependency issues of... Trying to control everything out of fear and anxiety of
1: all kinds of stuff. You know what I was thinking about as you were talking about the river? How do I build a dam? How can I stop this? That's where my thoughts are going. So maybe I do have control issues, just a little bit.
0: Just a little bit. And you know what's cool? About halfway down the Provo River, there's this little island where you can stop and just take a break, hang out in the sun if it's, you know, good weather and things like that. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe you got to just get off at at the little oasis partway through and just take a break from everything. I don't know. Just something that popped into my head about, you know, getting to that point. It's kind of a reward, right? You've made it this far. Here's a little bit of a break. Hmm. Something to think about, too. Because that looks different than actively letting go, which you'd think is really easy. It's not. It's actually not. It's almost like you're tangled up in something because you're hanging on so tight and working your way through being able to let go of that stuff, I think, is what's harder to let go of that control. Because it's an active decision and it can be tiring, overwhelming, scary, all of that. It's been really hard that I've had to give up Dr. Pepper, not going to (laughs) lie. Because the soda aggravates the gout, right? Yeah. Even diet.
1: Oh, even diet. Any of it makes it days of pain so much more painful but i didn't realize how dependent i was on my dr pepper <laughs> and you know the social aspect of let's go get a drink let's talk but also like you
0: can get a lemonade
1: ew. <laughs> <laughs> a tea <laughs> Since, <laughs> makes me think of the can i have dr pepper oh we only have mr pib is ew. that okay
0: Is monopoly money okay?
1: (laughs) Since one is a mister as good as a doctor. That's my Word (laughs) word. It's just not the same.
0: Since when is ma'am as good as a lady?
1: (sighs) All right. I've given myself some mental notes and some ways to move forward, so I wanna say thank you for that, Janet. I'm a A a genius, you're welcome. Perspectives to think about.
0: Yeah, it's good for me to talk through stuff like this too, because it brings up my own experiences and reminds me of the things that I've learned and the work that I've done over the years. Cause I'm not, and I don't feel like I'm in a super stuck place right now, which is nice that we're not hitting those at the same time. That's miserable. Cause then I hate life and you hate life and nothing's okay. And neither of us can help refocus the other, but no, it gives me, you know, good insight about myself as well. So I appreciate the conversation.
1: This too shall pass. That's what
0: I was thinking earlier, too. Oh, that's that's the thing that comes to mind. Yeah, it, it will pass and it passes faster if you can just accept it and let it be what it is and see what lessons there are for you to gain from it. If you're looking for the lessons in it, I think that gives you a different perspective. And maybe it can become like a game. You know, what else can I get? Oh, I got that insight. I want to write about it. What else can I get? What else can I see? What other focus can I have? So that might be an interesting activity.
1: Sounds exhausting. <laughs> it's hard. It doesn't have to be. It it's could so be a little hard note. To...
0: Could be a little note in your phone, it's just like, oh, I'm observing that. I'm yeah. aware of that." And that goes with and the gratitude. The... Uh huh. No, and not just necessarily a focus on gratitude, but also, huh, I hadn't thought about the fact that I respond this way when someone does that. That's an insight, and that's coming from the journey that you're on right now you know, that, that part of it. And so I think having those insights as they pop up, just maybe making a note and you don't ever have to look at it again, but
1: it's there. So I want to share with you this new app that I downloaded. It's called five minute journal. Hmm. My friend shared it with me the other day and I love it because I just opened it for today and it comes with a daily quote. So this is today's daily quote. There is a magnet in your heart that will always attract true friends. That magnet is unselfish thinking of others first When you learn to live for others, they will live for you. And then that's the name, and I have no chance of pronouncing that. So,
0: Mm. Paramahansa Yogananda.
1: So I kind of like that. You're my heart magnet. But I also like that in the morning, it'll pop up with a morning entry. So you start off your morning when you get up, or whenever you have it scheduled, for three things you're grateful for. Then three things that you'll do to make today great.
0: I like that. And then
1: you can write your own daily affirmation. And then at night.
0: What's that app called?
1: Real fast at night, it says three amazing things that happened today. And how could I have made today even better? I love that. So it's a self-reflective. It's and that's called... that five-minute journal. That's five minute the journal.
0: task is doing that every day.
1: And you can, you know, write a couple things real quickly. It's like sending a text message, really. Yeah. So it's not too intrusive. You can see that I've done it once on the fourth.
0: Hey, I mean, <laughs> consistency's my jam,
1: so just ask me. But I think that's going to be key. I think, you know, different things come into your life when they're supposed to.
0: What was the name of that app?
1: It's called five minute journal.
0: Oh, I missed that. Yeah, you said five minute I journal. Not, I was like, oh yeah, I was that's not the paying app. attention. No, I, I didn't know that's you what the that's name the of name. it was. You were like, there's this five minute journal thing, so yeah, I didn't so realize that was the name. five minute journal. Okay, I love that.
1: And it's really easy to do if you just actually do it, right? But I'll also I will say I opened it on the fifth and I was like, I don't want to choose anything to be grateful for today, so I'm not gonna do this. And I closed the app and went about my day, and that was a super fun Wednesday. Let me hey. tell you. <laughs>
0: funny how that works out well thanks for listening guys hope you enjoyed our (laughs) very vulnerable discussion (laughs) (laughs) Uh, any any advice on how to work through your crap feel free to share what's worked for you because we're all working towards getting through our own stuff on our individual journey
1: yeah i love suggestions on what do you do when you feel done because that's the only word that keeps coming to mind is like i'm done i'm done Then how do you create that motivation again? I need to change that mindset, that language.
0: Yep. Love you. Bye.